Hello, and welcome to Franchising with Purpose. I'm your host, Amanda Lapore. You might wonder, what does it take to operate a home care franchise? In this episode, we talk to Christine Friedberg, the owner and director of Griswold Home Care of Northern Virginia East, about the skills and knowledge you need to have to run a home care franchise. Steve Turner, Chief Operating Officer of Griswold Home Care, also joins us to discuss what the franchisor looks for in a new franchise owner. This was a really incredible interview. I hope you enjoy it. All right, welcome to Franchising with Purpose. We are chatting today about how to open a home care franchise. I'm joined with Christine Friedberg, Director Owner of Northern Virginia East. Christine, how are you? I'm good, Amanda. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being here. And uh, Steve Turner, our Chief Operating Officer at Griswold Home Care. Steve, how are you? Amanda, I'm well, thank you. Christine, good to see you too. Hi, Steve. Cool. Thank you both, like I said, for taking the time to join us today. Looking forward to chatting with you about um, how to open a home care franchise and some things to keep in mind. So with that, we'll just jump right in here. My first question, I'm actually going to start with you, Christine. So as you were going through the journey of opening your franchise, what are some things that you would tell someone coming, you know, behind you, some advice you would give them about what you need to open a home care agency? Um, well, the word grit comes to mind for sure. I mean, you're just out there, you're going to work hard, you're going to work long, um, but you're working for your business, right? And there's something different when you're out there and uh, hitting the pavement and uh, marketing your business when you're trying to find clients, when you're trying to find employees. Um, you know, but the one thing that, um, sticks out in my mind of, of what makes someone successful when getting into it is your ability to go out and market yourself, right? To market your business, to market that, hey, we're, we're the best in the market for this. Um, and a new owner, um, someone who has skin in the game is the best person to, to do that. Um, and so for those people that aren't comfortable out there talking about themselves, talking about how their business is the best, um, how their service is the best, um, it's going to be a challenging thing to do. But um, but knowing that it's yours makes it a little bit easier to get out there and talk about how amazing the business is. So um, when I look back at those first few months, first couple of years, I think about, wow, I was out there talking about me a lot. People want to know you. They want to believe in what you're doing and what you're providing um, for their loved one. And uh, you know, once you see it in action, um, it's it's pretty amazing to, to see what you've been preaching is actually happening. So that's very cool. And I love that you kind of started the whole thing with grit. Cause I think at yeah. the end of the day that that's what it comes down to. Um, and we talk a lot about your why and your purpose for doing this. Um, how important would you say that is? Cause I, I feel like grit only kind of gets you so far. It's just that like, put your mind to it, get through it, you know, start to build something that you can really start to be proud of. Um, but what ultimately drives you to in, in the beginning to put in those long hours to pound that pavement? Um, well, a couple of things. I mean, one is um, the want to succeed, right? If you say, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this business, um, there's no option but for success. And so it's kind of whatever it takes. Um, but the why behind it, right? I think home care is a super special industry that um, that pulls people into it, um, that care, that want to make a difference, that have empathy. Um, you know, I remember when I was growing up and it was kind of the conversation of what do I want to do one day when I grow up? 
the, it always fell back to, I want to make a difference. I want to help people. And I didn't know at the time what that would look like and what form that would be. And uh, in college, I studied, um, I wanted to be a social worker. So I studied under that for a while. And then I wanted to be a teacher and I studied that for a while. Um, but somehow I ended in finance and economics. Um, and little did I know at the moment that those would I all kind of come together at some point. And so you know, after I spent a number of years in different careers, it was looking and saying, okay, I need something different. And what is that different going to be? And, you know, some of the things I was looking at that that different had to be was I wanted to be involved in my local community. I wanted to help people on a daily basis. I wanted to make a difference in our world. Um, and I wanted it to be a good business model and a good industry that had a lot of growth potential. And, I looked at all sorts of things and all sorts of different industries and it finally hit me. It was like, wow, home care hits all of these buckets. I can make a difference every day in people's lives. I can be in my local community servicing my neighbor. I can be hiring employees who you know live down the street from me. Um, and so you know, home care and Griswold specifically hit all of those buckets. So yeah, so wanting to make a difference, wanting to be an industry that was growing. And um, yeah, and I'm kind of almost forgetting what the initial question was because I kind of got <laughs> on my soapbox because I get so excited about it, right? It's the passion. It's the passion behind this industry and about what we get to do that just kind of, like you said, it goes with the grit of, yeah, you want to work hard at your business. You want it to succeed, but I don't want to let down my neighbor. I really want to help her. I want to provide an amazing caregiver for her um, and for her to have what she needs to stay successfully, safely at home um, without sounding too cheesy like it's a tagline. It's what we do every day. It's what drives the hard work that not just myself, but now our office staff does every day. Yeah, absolutely. And that I think when, you know, the, the, you run your boots to pavement and you're out there doing it, it's because that's why you're doing it. And I think it it makes it a little bit easier to keep doing that day in and day out to really help see those results and help people stay in the place that they love, wherever that is. Um, you touched on a lot of what I'll call kind of those soft skills, the compassion, the empathy, the wanting to give back, um, how much your purpose and your why and why you decided to do this drives you every day. And I'm going to flip to the other side. And Steve, I'll, I'll ask you from a franchisor perspective, because I think a lot of folks when they get into this, they're like the warm and fuzzies there, right? I want to give back. I want to make a difference in my community. But at the end of the day, you are running a business and there's a level of business acumen and those tangible things, capital and all that, that goes into it. So from a franchisor perspective, what are you looking for in a potential franchisee um, when they bring to the table with those more tangible skills? So what we're looking for is to take what Christine just said and find that in other people. Right, So you're looking for that combination of people who have business skills, who have um, the, the proper capital. We want people to be property, properly capitalized when they open a business. The number one reason why businesses fail is they just don't have enough money to get themselves to break even. So we want people to have enough money. We want people to have some business skills, some business acumen, but we can teach a lot of that as well. And then we're looking for people who are passionate about this. This is a business where if you're not passionate, if you don't have empathy, if you don't want to help people, you're going to be miserable every day. And we want people like Christine who love it, who get up every day and are like, I want to help my neighbor. I want to build a great business. And that business is helping people. So we're, we're trying to marry all those skills together. And there's a lot of people out there that have that. A lot of people just don't realize that this is the right industry for them. 
right? They're, they want to, people want to be in their communities. They want to help. They want to give back. They just don't realize that home care is a great way to do that. But we also want to make sure you have enough money and enough capital to be successful. Yeah, I think all good points. If you had to say, so if I'm sitting here and I'm potentially looking at um, changing careers, moving from an employee or a, a career-minded person to being my own boss and, and owning my own um, franchise, whether that's a home care franchise or anything else, what would you say is the ideal mix of business acumen versus kind of that intangible soft skills wanting to give back to the community, kind of that bigger picture? The nice thing about a franchise is we, we help you and we teach a lot of it, right? So we can teach you everything you need to know about running a business. You don't need to have those skills if you're thinking about being a Griswold franchisee, for instance, right? You just don't need, we'll teach you those things. We'll teach you how to run a home care business. We can teach you a lot of the business pieces of it. What you as a franchisor or what someone or what as a potential franchisee brings to the table, they have to bring the desire. That's the only thing I we can't give you, Right. Amanda, you and I do this all the time. We, that passion that Christine just talked about, right? That's the one thing we can't give you. So that's what someone has to bring to the table is that fire in their belly. If they have that, everything else we can help people with. So it, we have people who have lots of business skills and, and don't really understand home care. We have other people who have been in the healthcare business or maybe they're a clinician or something. Maybe they're an RN, but they don't know the business piece. We can teach them the business piece. We can help you with all that. That's one of the nice things about being in a franchise is we have people who teach and train on that. But that fire in the belly, that's what you bring to the table. That's what a potential new owner brings. Absolutely. And I say it all the time. We can teach you how to run a business. We can teach you home care. I can't teach you how to care. We can't teach you those those intangibles, the compassion, the empathy, and everything, Christine, that you just so eloquently put out there um, about what made you kind of want to do this. So, And it's Christine's um, Christine, business too. What's that? It's Christine's business. One of the yeah. things people don't realize in a franchise is they think that they work for us. No, we work for Christine. She's our boss, basically, right? Yeah. We, I mean, she calls and we jump. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call more often. Who knows? Well, that's what we're here to do. We're here to help, right? So that's what we try to do. We're here to yeah. help yeah. And, and assist. We're well, not successful it, if you're not successful. Yeah. I mean, and just to kind of on Steve's point, as I mentioned earlier, of um, – you know, finding people too where um, not succeeding, where that's not an option. You know, like when I got into this, like we took our savings, we took our retirement and my husband looked at me and he was like, we can either, you know, bet on the stock market or we can bet on you and your success in Griswold. He's like, my money's on you, Christine. Like, let's go do this. Um, but that was, that was my family's money, right? That was something that I was like, there's, there's no option but to succeed here. And um, you know, my husband is not in the business. He has, um, you know, he has a, a pretty steady job, which is great, but we had taken my income away from my previous job. And we said, okay, we're going to start this. And we each got an allowance at the beginning of this. We literally started off, we each got $10 a week and we were like, okay, if you want lunch, use your $10. And this was a few years ago. So maybe we'd get 20 now, but, um, we kind of put ourselves on a pretty tight budget to say like, okay, and then in six months, let's look and see where can we move this up to. Um, and it was kind of our way to celebrate our success of like, okay, now you have an allowance of X amount. Um, but it was, you know, kind of a fun um, way for us to look at it of, hey, things are going to be tight for a while, but it's going to be worth it in the long run. So 
Yeah. Let's stay there. Let's stay in those kind of early, early days of opening your business. Um, what were some, aside from, you know, putting everybody on allowance and saying like, there, there is no, no is, or failure is really not an option here. We've got to make this work. And I love, you know, betting on yourself versus the stock market that that's such a, a great um, little nugget. Cause it's true in, in franchising and in any, any business you are betting on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but what would you say some of those early opportunities when you're transitioning from that, you get a paycheck every week or every other week, whatever the setup is there to you've now bet on yourself and you've got to make this thing go. What were some of those early challenges or opportunities? Sometimes it's to um, know where to, where to start. Right. Um, You know, and, and home office, you know, the franchisor is great at saying, okay, this is where you need to start. You need to hire people. You need to get out and market. You need to market this amount each week to get clients and really having that roadmap because otherwise you kind of come in and you're like, oh, you know, you, you get paralyzed. But having, you know, I remember going to the two weeks training and then I came home and then literally every day I talked to somebody from home office to say, okay, what did you do today? What are you doing tomorrow? What's your plan? How are you hiring? Because um, otherwise I just would have been paralyzed as to, to where to go, what to do next. Do you hire somebody? Do you get clients? Do you, um, there's so many different areas you can go into. And so really having that plan of this is what you do week one. This is what you do week two. This is what you do after the first month. Um, and, and following that plan, there's a reason it's there. Let's not recreate the wheel every time, right? Let's go back to what has worked for people and, uh, and make it your own. And over time you make it more and more of your own as you, learn those basics. But I remember each time being like, oh my goodness, you know, listen to the situation that just happened to me. I'm sure this has never happened to anybody. What do I do? And they're like, oh yeah, that, that happens all the time, Christine. <laughs> like, come on in. We'll tell you how to handle this, um, you know, and get you back out there. Um, and that was so helpful because it's, um, it can be overwhelming, but really having that roadmap uh, helps to, to put a focus on things. Awesome. So on the the flip side of that, Steve, as you're supporting a new office and we're, you know, Christine's calling every day and she's like, hey, this this crazy thing just happened that, like you said, never happened to anybody else. We're like, no, no, no. It happened to somebody else yesterday. Let's tell you how it all works and how we handle it. Um, from the franchisor perspective, how do you support a new office or what does that, that initial support look like? So initially, here it goes, what we call it launch. So once someone signs a franchise agreement, the next day we start a launch process where we have a checklist of about 150 items on our side that we start going down. Everything from turning on an email address to uh, getting access to all the Griswold internal documents that we have to give to a franchisee. And then we give that list, a, su- a smaller list to our franchise, to the new franchisee, and we start going through with them. Everything from making sure their company is set up or their corporation, to do they need to get a state license? Let's start working on that immediately. To going through everything you need to open an office, whether it's you know find an actual office location, get phones put in, get internet, start learning about the home care business, start going through you know training with Amanda, getting ready to come into the home office for your for your training here. We just start all that right on day one. So. You know, the minute someone signs a franchise agreement, that next day we usually have a welcome call and start walk, walking them through what we call launch. And we're getting we're, what we're doing is we're just walking you through to get ready to open your business, to get to that first day where we say, okay, we need caregivers and we're looking for clients. 
we just have a checklist that we walk people through step by step by step. Yeah. I, I wish I it was super complicated, but it's not. <laughs> I call it the yellow brick road, right? And I think Christine to kind of go back and, and marry the two. It really is in those early stages, just putting one foot in front of the other. It's like, okay, what am I doing tomorrow? And now you're at a place as we get into long-term success and one-year plans and five-year plans and 10-year plans and all that goes into that, that it's okay, bigger picture. But in those early days, it's like, okay, what am I doing tomorrow? Let's tackle that and get there. And it sounds like, Steve, that checklist is very, like I said, it's the yellow brick road. Yeah. It's just it's just walking step-by-step step through a process. The nice thing is we've gone through that process a lot of times. So it's while it's new for the, for the owner, it's not new for us. So we're used to doing it. It's, it, you know, it's scary for a lot of people. It, it, if people aren't nervous or scared, that makes me nervous. If Christine said, Oh, we did this and we were just, we knew this was going to be easy. I'd been like, what? No, that's not how it works. Most people are, it's, it, it, there's a risk involved. You're scared, but that drive to succeed is, is great. So what we do is we just walk you through that. We harness that energy and take you down that yellow brick road, as you say, to getting yourself open. And it's just step by step by step. And if there's a something that comes up, if the road kind of goes left and it should go right, we just deal with it and move along. There's very little that can ever come up during a launch and getting people open that we haven't seen or dealt with, at least in my 15 years of working in the franchise world in home care. Yeah. And that again, that's why you go the franchise route because that exactly. yellow brick road is built for you and you're not, okay, now what do I do? Like you've got that whole team of people supporting you when in the early days, like Christine, you're saying it was just you. Yeah. It, uh, and it can be isolating, right? Especially depending on where you, you came from and if you were in part of this big company, but then you start building that network around you, right? Another great part about being part of a franchise system is I have my friend Houston that owns a Griswold and I call and talk to her and see what she's doing and if she's having the same challenges, right? So you you get this network, you get this family of people that are dealing with the same stuff you're dealing with every day and they can can be your, um, they can help you learn, they can help you cry, they can help you laugh about things really, but it's, you know, it's not just the franchisor, it's the other franchisees that that help you down that, that yellow brick road. That's one of the Absolutely. best parts about being in a franchise is the other mm -hmm. owners. Yep. Right? Got it. Your, your friend in Houston can say, Hey, I've been through that. This is how I dealt with it. Or have you thought about this? Or what about this? Yeah. That's the nice yeah. part. And then you yeah. can dress like that person at a national conference identically. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. I, I do have the, uh, the crown on my desk to uh, represent <laughs> the award that was given because of the dressing room. Christine and another one of our franchisees at a national conference dressed identically. That's just a little context. There was a little bit of a contest to, uh, for the dressing and, uh, we, uh, we took it to heart. We, uh, you know, everything we do, we do with grit and commitment and dedication, right? That's right. <laughs> um, so segueing from that, as much as I would love to talk about the matching outfits, cause they were spot on. Um, you hit a point, and Christine, you kind of mentioned it, like it's for a little while, it's one foot in front of the other. It's okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do the next day? And then things start to turn, and it's that long-term continued success, and the wheels start to take off. And you're like, okay, this is really happening, right? Like we're getting clients, we're getting caregivers, we're starting to see those numbers and all the things that you want to happen when you're starting a new business. Um, but Steve, from a franchisor perspective, when offices reach that kind of, I won't call it a tipping point, but that point of like, okay, now we're looking bigger picture, that long 
long-term success, we're out of that just helping somebody through the one day at a time, opening their corporation and their bank accounts and getting you know the office space signed and training. And now it's that continued success. So how does how do you support and how do your teams support offices for that long-term success? So one of the nice things about our support team here is they all come from a home care background. So they're all experienced home care and senior care professionals. So when you, once you get an office, once an office gets past break even and they start growing, they're going to want to start doing other programs, start looking at maybe veterans programs or a Medicaid program. And you know we're going to be there to help guide them and try to direct them to how to grow their business and take their business to the next level, right? That's what our support does. It, it goes from sort of home care 101 to home care, advanced home care 201. And that's what we want to start talking to owners about how to recruit better, more efficiently, how to retain their caregivers at a higher rate, how to look for business in other places they might not have been to. Maybe they hadn't been going to, I don't know, a hospital system. Well, let's go to the hospital now. Let's see if we can get work from there. Maybe we were just getting it from rehabs or networking. Let's expand our network of where we go to try to grow the business. That's what we're going to start doing. We're going to look at ways to grow. And because that's what most of our owners here want to do, right? There's a business part of this that involves growing your revenue and trying to earn more income. That's why a lot of people do it. Our, you know, our job is to help people, but we're here to make money as well. So that's what we're going to look to our owners to do is to get more sophisticated in our support. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the more you grow, the more people you can help, right? And then your neighbor suddenly comes your whole neighborhood and, and so on and so forth. Um, so Christine, I will, my next question's for you and I'll let you take this where you want to. So if you're talking about like your roadmap, your one year plan, you can answer this from how you sit in, in the seat that you're in now being a successful office and how do you plan for your next year and what you want that to look like. Or if you want to get back in your time machine and go back to your first year, how did you sit and, and say, okay, what's success going to look like for us in a year? And how did you leverage the support from the home office to do that? Yeah. So it almost um, was in year one and continues to be a moving target, right? Um, you're like, oh, I'm going to be successful when I hit X number of hours or X number of revenue. Um, and then you get there and you're like, okay, that, yeah, that's not, that's not good enough. Right. You, you keep moving that target year after year. Um, and certainly, you know, I've been in business, what, nine and a half years now. Um, every year, my planning, my um, road mapping, my goals um, get a little bit more sophisticated. Right. I mean, if, with my, I, just earlier today with my office staff, we were finalizing, we're a little bit late into the year, but, you know, finalizing our big strategic goals for, for 2022 and what that looks like. And what are those new markets that Steve talked about that we're going to continue to try to go into? Like, where's our next level of growth? How are we going to do what we're doing um, that much better? Um, and, you know, year one, it's about getting great caregivers. It's about great getting great clients. It's about getting a great reputation um, going in your local community. Um, you know, and now it's not like we're a, a brand everybody in Northern Virginia knows about, but we've established a great brand name. And so working to continue to do that, a good portion of our business now comes from word of mouth of people hearing about us. And so, you know, that year one, it's just let's do it, kind of put that, you know, one foot in front of one another. And then it becomes, let's do it a little bit better. Let's do it a little bit smarter. Let's, you know, our, our big thing right now is 
we're the premier home care company in our market. And so what does premier mean? You know, it means all the things we've worked to get better and do better over the past nine years. And, um, you know, like Steve said, you know, the home office has been great. And when we've called and said, okay, we want to get into the the veterans program. How do we do that? You know, we jump on the phone for a couple of hours with a person that has helped home office do that for a few years. And she takes us through how to do billing and who to contact. Um, Once again, it goes back to the idea of let's not reinvent the wheel. You know, let me not spend a lot of time doing those things. Let me learn from those that have done it. Um, You know, one thing that that may sound simple, but I think is spectacular is having a franchisor, all the legal documents that you need, and there's a lot of them in home care, those are just there for me, right? And they're updated and they are compliant with what my state is supposed to, um, you know, what they say it needs to to be. Um, my website just appears all the time and it stays updated and has great content. And home office does those things, right? And so it can free me up from doing some of those um, tasks that frankly, I'm not great at and I don't want to do um, and allows me to go out and build the relationships in our market so that we can continue to meet kind of that moving goal, those moving targets of, yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's revenue I want to hit. But like right. you said, Amanda, the more revenue I'm making, the more people that I get to help. Um, and one thing to not dismiss, but it's one of the big learnings I've had since getting into this space. I knew that I would feel really great in the clients that we were able to serve. I don't think I knew, well, I know that I did not know um, how much I would be um, fulfilled by the number of people we get to provide jobs to. You know, when I look at the people that we've hired over the years and that have worked with our clients, I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of caregivers. Um you know, and it feels really great to give people a play, you know, a job that they love because our caregivers, I mean, if we think we get into this business because we're empathetic and we want to help people, like they are that times 10, right? Yeah. And so to be able to take these caregivers and connect them with these clients that just adore them and they become like second family to one another, um, that's a huge fulfilling piece of it as well. And so it's focusing on the getting more clients and helping more clients, but also working with more caregivers and giving them a job and an opportunity. Um, and through all of that, the revenue, those targets uh, moving each year and growing bigger and bigger. Yeah, I love that. And I don't know, I think it's a, a very often, I think, new revelation for people as they get into this to realize, because again, you, you look at the the business model and you say there's seniors that need help and people are aging at, you know, these crazy rates and people need help to stay home and all of that. But we don't think about the ability to put people to work and give them jobs, especially in the last couple of years when, you know, COVID started and everything was shutting down. Like we were growing and people were needing more jobs because they were looking, people were still home. People still needed care. People were coming home because they needed care. So the ability to employ people in a time when so many industries were not able to is really something that I don't know that we talk enough about. Out. Yeah, it um, it's very much a people business on both sides of it, right? Yeah. The, the the service, the output, but also the um, the people that are on your team. Absolutely, Steve. Anything you want to add to kind of that roadmap conversation, or really, I mean, we just touched on a lot. So yeah, yeah we, we did, and it was all incredible. What I would say for our, for anyone who is thinking about it for new owners, one of the things I think is important is kind of have micro goals to set up these little goals that hit, right? You have this, when you first start a business, the first thing you're looking to do is probably get yourself to break even. 
but that can take several months to get to for, you know, it can take six, seven, eight, maybe even nine months to get to break even, but that's your big goal. But then you have to have small goals in between. It's get my first caregiver hired, get my second caregiver hired, find my first client, find my first referral source, get my third client. It's hit $2,000 a week in sales, right? And Christine said, once they hit that number, it was, no, that's not good. Let's get ourselves to 5,000. How to go from five to 10,000. And then you reward yourself in that process as you do it, right? When you get your first client, that's a big deal. That should be exciting. When you hit your first revenue goal, you hit 5,000 a week. That's incredible, right? When you get to 10,000 a week, 10,000 is like this magic number to me. When you can get yourself to 10,000 a week, that means you usually have referral sources. You've got enough digital leads coming in. You have enough business coming in to sustain a half million dollar business because that's what $10,000 a week is. It's a $500,000, right? It's $500,000 a year business. That's a gigantic goal. Yeah. Your math was right. That was right. Right. (laughs) And what, you know what? And businesses that hit 10,000, a lot of times getting to the first 10,000, you have to reward yourself in every step of that process. You have to have little mini hoorays and, and parties and lunches to celebrate those things. You take your $10 and you celebrate. Mm-hmm. As you're getting your business off the ground, because it's all giant achievements. So you reward yourself. And then you turn around and it's nine and a half years later. And you're like, how do we take ourselves from this much bigger number to an even larger number so we can do these great things in the community and give more jobs and expand out more? Yeah. And that's the exciting part about it is just have these little mini goals. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember the feeling when I got um, the first call from a referral source wanting to give us a client. You know, you would have thought that I hit a huge lottery. Like I was <laughs> so excited. And I was like, oh, oh, wait, oh, I have to staff that. But then I had just hired my first caregiver too, right? And I mean, it is talk about an adrenaline rush, right? Um, it's it's pretty amazing because you made those things happen, right? They don't just happen. You had a piece of making each one of those things happen. And it's pretty incredible. That's the most exciting part. That's the most fun. Yeah, I, I can remember those stories. I can remember my first inquiry call like it was yesterday. I can remember yeah. hanging up the phone and thinking, I didn't get their phone number. <laughs> and then they called back 10 seconds later to ask me a question. And then I could say, can I just confirm your number, please? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I was so excited to get the call that everything I sort of knew went out the window. But that's okay. Yeah. It, uh, it all worked out. A beautiful call, or it's a beautiful thing to have caller IDs now, right? Because yes. you can always go back. But I'm also giving my age, by the way. I was gonna <laughs> there was say, no caller ID. Really before caller ID existed. <laughs> so, Christine, what, as you think about, you know, success and in the one year, five year, 10 years, you know, 15 years, whatever that looks like, what ultimately does success look like for you and what, you know, not that I, you may be thinking about next steps now, you may not, but like, what is, what, what's next for you? Yeah. So they always say to, I'm going to totally butcher this, but start with the end in sight, like no, no kind of what you're headed for. And, um, I've not been great at that. Um, you know, I think one of the reasons, you know, in addition to wanting to make a, a difference in my community and help people. One of the reasons I initially had looked for um, to leave my job to start something on my own is I wanted to, I was starting a family at the time I had a one-year-old. She literally turned one the day that I left for, um, for training um, at home office. I wanted to be able to one day go and volunteer at their school and pick up 
you know, for soccer practice and coach soccer practice, I, I didn't want to be um, locked in to kind of those eight to five hours and on the road traveling and, um, you know, being at the mercy of someone else. I wanted to be able to say, okay, I want to work. I want to do these things. And I want to have this family. And um, a year and a half, two years into starting things, I had twins, um, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. All right, Christine, start figuring this flexibility thing out. And, um, you know, I did it a little bit then, but over the years, I've been able to um, dictate a little bit more of what I want. You know, um, I want to be off on Fridays in the summertime because I want to go to the pool with my kids. You know, it's beautiful because I've been able to say, okay, I want financial success. Um, I want to make a difference and I want flexibility and time with my family and to make sure that I'm putting the things in place um, for that to happen. Um, and I'm there right now and it's beautiful because, you know, I love what I do. So it's really hard for me to not do it every day, but kind of coming back to the reason of, hey, you did this so that you can can have that time and that flexibility with your family. And my goal right now is to continue to find a great balance for that, of continue to do what I love with Griswold and continuing to be extremely present in my kids' lives while they're still young and I have the ability to do that. Um, and that's, that's my goal for the next few years. I mean, I have a great um, team in my office that I, that they rock it. They do an exceptional job. They do better than I do. Let's be honest, right? Like they always say, you're, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room, but you have to surround yourself with the smartest people in the room. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've, work to do so that I can keep my eye on that goal of not having to be in the office every day and not having to be hands-on with everything. Um, you know, and my kids are still fairly young and for right now, this is my plan. And one day I will move on from Griswold. I don't know if that's leaving them in the hands of the Friedberg kids or if it's, you know, <laughs> leaving it in the hands of the office staff. Um, but it's, you know, I definitely want to continue with what I'm doing now and just get better at it and continue to have that, that flexibility and and have kind of my cake and eat it too. Um, you know, so that's where I am right now. I want to continue to go over the next few years. Very cool. You're always, I always come back to your story. I'm like if Christine can do this with a toddler and newborn twins, anybody can do this. I think like I, there's like part of those years I don't necessarily remember. Like I think I kind of <laughs> block them out, but, um, you know, but we did it and it was amazing. And, um, it's a great story to go in and talk to referral sources about, um, you know, and they, they all know, they all know the kids and they all remember me waddling into their office. Um, you know, and it helps to create those personal connections with people too, if you're willing to, to connect with, uh, with people. Yeah. And you're building a legacy. And like you said, whether that's the Friedberg kids or somebody on your team or whatever that looks like, this is, you know, not something you invest your blood, sweat and tears into to one day, just be like, okay, I'm done. Like you're building something that's going to continue to grow and, and become a legacy. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, like you said, after you put all of that into it to just drop the mic would be, would be, would be painful, <laughs> um, you know, but to make sure that that mic is gently placed in someone's hands yes. who, who care, um, who care about it. I don't know if as much as you do, but they will grow to care about it as much as you do. Absolutely. Um, Steve, anything you want to add to kind of the next steps conversation as we're working with owners on, on doing exactly what we talked about, building that legacy, leaving it to somebody else, moving on to their next adventure. So one of the great parts about being a business owner like Christina is she's actually building an asset, a sellable asset. So one day she may want to say, look, I'm going to give this 
business to the to my kids, which is great. Her kids may say, we don't want to be in this business. We want to do something else. And she could turn around and offer and sell it. Maybe her, someone in our, on her office staff wants to buy it. Maybe there's an outside buyer who wants to be in that market. We can help find a buyer and she can move along. So, you know, succession planning is something, A, as a franchisor, we help with. We can, we can talk to, we talk to our owners about, we engage with them, we help them decide what to do and even help them exit the business. People, you know, we're working with several owners right now who have been doing it for 40 years and are they want, just want to retire. That's fair enough. And they don't have anybody in their family who wants it. So we can help. So that's, that's the beautiful part about one of the beautiful things about owning a business is you have this sellable asset at the very end. So you earn your income, you're helping your community, and you're actually building wealth at the same time. It's super exciting. That's what I love doing this. That's why we do this, right, Amanda? It is. That's why I come in here every day and hang out with you guys. So we've we've kind of come full circle, right? Starting things, what do we talk about in the beginning, and then ultimately what what's next? Um, so before we kind of wrap things up, Christine, I've got a, a couple rapid fire questions for you, just to have some fun, keep it interesting. Um, what would you say? You have to give me one thing that never fails to make you laugh. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> so as I mentioned, you're dealing with people, right? And um, people will will be people, and um, when you have employees, um, there are some interesting stories you hear of why, um, people can't make it to work on a particular day or make it to a client on a particular day. Um, people's grandmothers die three times. Somebody's cat died that they couldn't come into work for a week. Um, and all you can do is laugh about that, right? I mean, all yep. you can do is take them for what it is and send them a sympathy card. Um, but we kind of, you know, joke that these the people that are working with us are super, super caring individuals. So when a cat or a dog dies, like they, they hurt. And so they need that time off work and they need to, to take a few minutes and you, you laugh, but you care and you just kind of let it be. So I I often say folks that work in this industry could write books about some of the the stories and things that happen, but it keeps it interesting. That's for sure. Uh, Yeah, sure does. Yeah. You will always have a great story at a cocktail party. Always. You will, always. Nobody will ever have a better work story than people who are in the home care business. Oh, Every man, day and is different. When, oh, and when you get all the home care owners in a yep. room, like a co- national conference, I mean, it's just, it's hysterical, right? And you're like, oh, you've heard that too. Oh, I've heard that. And you know, and what, which one is the, the biggest one, the biggest fish for the day? So. I would say you'll always have the best story at a cocktail party unless you're at a home care conference. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Someone like may talk to you. One-upping the next person. For sure. All right. Well, I will leave things on that note. Thank you both for your time today, for being here. This has been a really awesome conversation and look forward to chatting with you all again, hopefully before uh, October. Sounds good. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Christine. We appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for Franchising with Purpose. I'm Amanda Lepore. Don't forget to visit Griswold Franchising on social media for more information. Griswold Home Care Franchising on Facebook, at Griswold Fran on Twitter, and Griswold Home Care Franchise on Instagram. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and check out my personal favorite, griswoldhomecare.com franchise. If you like what you've been hearing, make sure to rate and review the show on your favorite app. We really appreciate it. 
See you next time.